right. Well, or that was the foxhole. <laughs> that was the foxhole yeah. one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Amateur Radio Roundtable. It is Tuesday, July 27th, and we so very much appreciate all of you who are joining us live tonight on YouTube. If you aren't already subscribed to our channel, we would love it if you'd hit that subscribe button down below. That way you'll get notifications every week when we are here. Um, hopefully, as the show goes on, you'll realize you just love it, and you're going to hit the like button as well, and of course, share it with your friends, because sharing is caring. I'm here with my sidekick, Dwayne WI7FT, and we, of course, have Tom W5KB and Glenn KW5GP, and tonight is our guest, Rich W2UV, because, of course, it's the last Monday of the month. For those of you that are out there listening in the shortwave world, we really appreciate you listening to this on Thursday evenings on WBCQ at 7490. We'd love to hear, um, hear from you where you're listening from and a signal report. So if you would send an email to Tom at W5KUB with a little note that you were listening to the show, we'd love to hear from you. We always like to give a shout out as well after the fact. So again, thanks to all of you who are on our Facebook groups as well. And we've got a lot of fun projects that are happening that we're all um, involved in. We're going to talk a bit about that tonight. Got a lot of fun things. So we're just, let's just dive on in. I probably forgot something, but you know what? The boss will let me know about it. So with that, let's get around the room and say hi to everybody. So let's go south to Mr. Glenn Popeil, KW5GP. Hello, Glenn. How are you? Oh, I'm doing a whole lot better tonight. Yeah. But, Yay. Uh, I'm actually looking over at the lab and thinking of fun things to do. Uh, Huntsville's coming. I'm getting together a new Arduino presentation. And uh, let's just say that I'm kind of looking at making a slightly right turn, moving off of the Arduino C++ and into the Circuit Python, which seems to be the new... Uh, programming language for the Arduino and the Raspberry Pi Pico and some of the new fun stuff. Sounds good. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. Well, Dwayne, what do you got going on in your world? Um, well, we got a <laughs> pair of repeaters that we're trying to get going for the club. Uh, uh, made some revelations on how to get a, uh, a 2 meter, 70 centimeter, 6 meter, and 10 meter repeater project out of two repeaters. So uh, we're going to try and get those online yeah, this fall. It'll be a while. Does There's that explain the big HRO box on our front porch? <laughs> it's about six feet tall. Okay. 
there, there are some fresh antennas in that box that are uh, destined for that repeater project. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so we'll be talking about that later, too. And let's go up to the New England, New Jersey, New York Metroplex <laughs> to Rich W2VU. How are you doing, Rich? Good to I'm, see you here. It's good to see everybody, too. And uh, I'm doing just fine trying to uh, get through our last couple of 90-degree uh, days of the month. And uh, <clears throat> they tell us it should be cooler and drier tomorrow and the rest of the week. We'll see how that goes. It's uh, oh. been pretty uncomfortable. But, yeah, uh, it's been pretty awful around here as well. Um, it's been, uh, Dwayne, when he came home for launch today, his car registered at 104. Um, most places around here, 99. The skies are very smoky from all of the big fires out west. Um, we had, you know, people are dropping from heat exhaustion left and right, especially tourists. So it's it's been a really difficult time around here weather-wise, but... We're expecting a little bit of a break, I think, Thursday. So hopefully, instead of the upper 90s, it'll be the upper 80s, which will feel like, you know, <laughs> sweet relief by that point in time. <laughs> we, we've had smoke from those fires as far east as here. Uh, we've seen it's, uh, you can smell it in the air. You can uh, see it in the sunsets, uh, very amazing sunsets with all that smoke. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's gotten as far as here. And, our son Dan lives in Salt Lake City, and he's got a lot of it that he's dealing with. And oh yeah, it's yeah, it's amazing. I've been hearing from folks out on the East Coast that they're seeing the smoke as well, which is just. When I first moved out here, I always thought it was amazing that we had that I could see smoke from Montana or Oregon, and now it's just part of the normal thing. But um, these just are such big fires, and um, yeah, for you guys out east to even get it is it's just terrible, and it's you know really difficult for air quality. Um, but we're doing the best we can and staying as cool and safe as we can. So, with that, let's see about the boss W five KUB Tom. Are you behind the mixer there? Can't hide forever from me, Tom. Hey, I'm here. Boy, I was looking at Rich. Don't he look just relaxed and kind of just sitting back there in New Jersey? And man, it looks like he's had a hair trim and just he looks so happy up here, man. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, hey, thanks, uh, Katie. And I don't know if you missed anything or not in the opening because I wasn't listening. I was working on some other things. So. <laughs> Uh, but I'm sure you covered most all the uh, important things here. Hey, tonight I'm going to talk about and show you, you know, our show's uh, little five-part 40-meter transmitter. I built it up. I got a little video. I'm going to show you a video of it. And uh, many of you guys, you know, if you're old-timers, maybe not too old, you remember the Russian woodpecker. Well... There's something else. It's got a new name. It's called the uh, Cuban Rum Runner. And uh, basically, supposedly, there's a uh, jamming coming in from uh, from uh, Cuba now. The FCC and everybody's looking into that. And uh, we're going to talk a little about that. And I'm going to try and attempt to locate that interference. I'm going to show you how you can use Kiwi SDR receivers, remote receivers, and use a, use a little function on here. It's called TDOA, and that, that stands for time difference of uh, arrival, time difference of arrival. And they've written software that, that you can bring up like five, six, or eight uh, SDR sites, uh, 
and put them all on the same signal. And due to the time difference those signals are received, it can pinpoint where that station is. So we're going to try to do that tonight if we can hear the interference. So we're going to do that. We're going to talk about two ham fests tonight, two ham fests coming up, and uh, just a lot of things going on here. Thanks to everybody for joining us. Just wonder, do we have anybody new uh, with the show tonight, first time? And also, let me say... Uh, uh, 40 was bad tonight. It was really bad. And uh, we, we had about three or four check-ins. My buddy Tim, WB8HRO, always checks in. He's number one every week. So, Tim, thank you for checking in. Sorry the conditions weren't were not good enough that we could talk, but uh, we did hear you there. Well, back to you, Katie, and uh, pick it up there, and we'll kick this thing off. Sounds good. Well, and also for anybody who likes to participate in state CUSO parties, this weekend is the Missouri CUSO party. There's going to be some special one-by-one -one calls, and it's also their bicentennial. So keep an ear out for that, and thank you to Larry for sharing that in the chat. Um, and again, you know, anytime you guys have some special events or things coming up, you know, definitely please share them in the chat, or you can email it to us ahead of time. And that way we could share it with your you know, fellow listeners that are watching the show so they know. Because I know a lot of people out there like to chase paper for special events and such. So, um, so definitely let me know. All right. And then now it's time to talk to Rich and find out what's going on with our next episode of CQ Magazine. <laughs> well, welcome back, Rich. It's always good to see you. And we're through July and moving into August. Yep. And... I can't remember what August is your special issue. Is that antennas? August is, that... is one of our special issues by not having a special theme. And that's oh. one of the things <laughs> okay. that I love about it because it's, it lets us put together a bunch of different things that aren't necessarily related. We have a few of those each year. Um, <clears throat> before I start talking about the issue, I just want to bring up um, our print subscribers already are aware of this, that uh, we have unfortunately fallen way behind on the print schedule and we decided in order to get caught up and stay on schedule again that the june and july issues are going to be digital only and we're, we're jump starting with the august issue which is on press now and we'll go in the mail end of this week beginning of next week and hopefully we'll stay on schedule after that meanwhile the june and july digital editions are posted on our website at the bottom of the home page uh, and they're freely accessible to anybody anywhere if you're not familiar with cq magazine and you you want to see what it's about as well as hearing from me what it's about there's a great opportunity to look at uh, two of our issues um, at absolutely no cost our take it to the field special in june and our july issue as well so uh, and then you can take advantage of our subscription special that's also on our website so, Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> August, um, as I mentioned, is, is a, one of those a little bit of this, a little bit of that issues. Uh, we start out with uh, a really interesting story from Canada called Marconi Meets the 21st Century. Uh, it's a story about the station VO1AA at the Signal Hill National Historic Site in uh, Newfoundland where Marconi received the first transatlantic radio signal. And there's a, been a ham station there for a long time. And it's recently been 
updated to be able to operate be, be operated remotely by anybody anywhere. So it's uh, bringing 21st century remote operating and technology into the one of the earliest sites in radio history. So that's really, really interesting story. Um, we've got the results of the 2021 CQ Worldwide 160 meter contest, which uh, is uh, once again drew a record number of, of people as our the contests have been doing during uh, the uh, pandemic. And the clanking you just heard was our cat jumping up on top of a rocking chair wanting to be played with. Uh, so <laughs> uh, we also have part two of uh, the series we started in July on bringing new life to old heat kits. We continue that with an article by AG4W on converting a Heathkit SB220 amplifier to six meters. Uh, he said it was very hard for him to take a fully, perfectly operating amplifier and rip it apart and change it. But it was sitting there being a backup for a, an amplifier that wasn't showing signs of having problems anytime soon. So he wanted to get some use out of it. And then we also go back with our CQ Classic column to the very first review of a Heath kit in CQ Magazine. This was back in 1954, I think, in the Novice Shack column. It was the AT1 transmitter and the AC1 antenna coupler, which sold at the time for $29.50. But you have to keep in mind that was 1954 and it's about 10 times that today, so it'd be around $300. Um, among our columns for uh, SWLs out there, our listening post column reports on opposition broadcasters that keep popping up around the world, and a few look, look at a few of those. In our uh, emergency communications column, we look at the basics of running a public service event. A lot of times, People will be active in participating in an event and then suddenly get called on to be the coordinator for communications and they don't know where to start. So this is a good guide to knowing where to start and doing your first public public service event as a coordinator. Our mobile link column takes a look at, well, I just got to read you this title, Portamobile, Modable, or Shack in the Box. So you can figure that one out. <laughs> we have uh, two reviews in this issue. Uh, QRP editor Scott Rout, KF8SMA, looks at the Laboratory 599 Discovery TX500 transceiver. It's a portable QRP transceiver. And uh, apparently it's quite difficult to get your hands on it. His question is whether it's worth the wait. It is. I'll give you a hint. He says it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Joe Eisenberg, K0NEB, in his kit building column, looks at the Pentec TR25 CW transceiver, which is a kit, and uh, obviously, because it's in the kit building column, but he also takes a look at uh, his performance. We have uh, <clears throat> our analog adventures column with Eric Nichols, KL7AJ. 
His topic this month is uh, VNAs, or as he calls them, very nice application. But uh, he's basically looking at the new generation of very reasonably priced uh, vector network analyzers that you can now get for like $75 to plug into your computer and replace a $75,000 line instead. In uh, homing in, our radio direction finding column, KCROV brings us up to date on international direction finding events and uh, a new DF set for 80 meters. We have a guest, couple of guest antenna, well, I can't speak tonight, couple of guest antenna columnists this month, Bob Glorioso, W1IS, and Bob Rose, KC1DSQ, who, whose work regularly appears in the magazine, and their topic is, my dipole has gain, and it's all about what gain really is all about, and their main question, of course, is compared to what, and that's the key question. Um, VHF Plus editor Trent Fleming and for DTF takes an in-depth look at the 1.25 meter band, commonly known as uh, 220 or 222. One of Ham Radio's best kept secrets. Uh, it's a wonderful band and uh, very few people are on it. Maybe that's one of the reasons it's wonderful, I don't know. <laughs> um, DX editor Bob Schenk in 200 looks at QSLE in cycle 25 and contesting editor N3QE compares strategies for the CQ Worldwide Ridi DX and the Worldwide Digi contests. Uh, similar in nature, but very different in how they're structured and in what strategy you need to get through them. So that's, that's the basics of uh, <clears throat> what we've got coming up in the August issue. Um, just one quick note, since Tom was talking about the uh, Cuban rum runner interference, we are planning for our September issue, a very, very interesting article on that, uh, the jamming and looking at some of the history um, behind both the unrest in Cuba, that's at the root of the jamming that's going on, and the history of kind of 60 years of radio wars between the US and Cuba. So really interesting stuff there coming up in our September issue. So. That's pretty timely. We do our best. Think about mm -hmm. it. That's great. Well, that sounds awesome, Rich, as always. And um, it's good news for anybody who is um, can have access to and take a peek at June and July issues of CQ Magazine digitally on your website. Which and of by course the way, one is, other thing I wanted to oh, mention yeah. that in relation to that that I forgot before, um, everyone's print subscription has been extended by two months. Uh, oh. to compensate for those two issues that uh, were missed in print. So sure. nobody's going to lose out on anything. And, right. Uh, of course, our website is at www.cq-amateur-radio.com. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much. And hopefully you're going to stick around for a while tonight since everybody's going to be talking about some of the fun projects that are happening. And, um, and we'll definitely see you back here again at the end of next month for the next update. So thank you very much. And if anybody has any questions, feel free to post them in there and we'll just keep moving right along and I'll pass the baton back to the boss if he's listening. I'm listening. Okay, just making <clears throat> sure. 
Because you said I'm you listening. weren't listening to me at the I'm listening. opening. I'm listening. Oh. I always listen. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Hey, hey, Rich. Hey, 220. Let me tell you, that, that's a that's a hot little band. Uh, I've got both uh, two meters and 440 gear in my car. I never get on it. I have a 220 220 gear in my car, and that's the only repeater I'm on here in Memphis. And uh, we got a great bunch of uh, people on 220 here in Memphis. It's a great, it's great really band. It's really a wonderful band. Yeah, uh, it has it shares characteristics, as you know, between two meters and 70 centimeters, and uh, really you can do some amazing things on on 220, both in terms of FM work and weak signal work as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a great band, and uh, um, it's not too uh, overpopulated yet, you know. Like you mentioned, there's uh, many cities and people never been on it, but uh, it's, it's pretty popular here in the Memphis area. All right, man, well, hey, thank you, and uh, looking forward to uh, what's coming next from uh, CQ Magazine. Okay, while well, we're kind of at a little breaking point here, let's do this and then we'll be right back. And uh, we're going to jump into some exciting things here in a minute. So we'll be right back just a minute. June kicked off hurricane season and another rough wildfire season may be on the horizon. When natural disaster strikes, cellular towers and power grids can quickly become overloaded and down. Emergency comms need to be instant, reliable, and allow interoperation with other organizations and agencies. Amateur Radio provides reliable emergency communications with the added security of system redundancy. In addition to our lineup of amateur D-Star digital HF and analog radios, our IC SAT 100 portable satellite radio and the IP501HM LTE radios are an ideal solution for the additional coverage. ICOM's IC SAT 100 is the perfect handheld satellite radio for use outside of cellular or network range. By operating on Iridians, constellation of satellites, quickly and easily connect with other PTT devices, even from remote areas. The IP501H and the IP501M radios provide instant, wide area coverage over LTE. By using the LTE network, you bypass the need for a pre-existing infrastructure, allowing nationwide coverage without the added cost of building and maintaining your own. Connect to all of these devices and more. Even systems operating on different protocols with the VEPG4 ROIP gateway. From land mobile and LTE radios to IP communications terminals and IP phone systems, they work together to form one seamless and uninterrupted network, ensuring your comms are received. Visit www.icomamerica.com amateur for more information on ICOM radios. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. All right, and we are back. All right. 
Wow, I don't know where to start. Hey, let's let's talk about let's real quick. Let's talk about the little uh, CW transmitter. You know, I want to do more and more projects on the show. Maybe we'll get Dwayne to do some, and we're we're about to get Glenn, I think, kicked back on to doing some, and you know, some build some projects. I'm a home brewer from many many years ago. I like home brewing things. Uh, I mean, kits are great. You buy all the parts, put it together, but to me, I have more fun making my own kit and taking you know what a kit would be and just making it out of scrap parts anyway so last week we decided that we were going to build a transmitter <clears throat> for the show and see how few parts we could do so we decided okay here's a complete 40 meter transmitter here and you know the more i looked at this uh, I could eliminate a couple parts. I could eliminate two or three of those parts there, but the entire transmitter is down to about five parts. It's not. Uh, it's not awfully uh, complicated, and uh, you can see there's the the circuit. It's uh, pretty simple. A little one transistor circuit right there, and we're running it on a nine volt battery. And um, so I tried to see what kind of power levels I was going to get. So I put it on my spectrum analyzer. And bam, look at that, 20 dBm. You know what that relates to? That relates to 100 milliwatts. That's a 100 milliwatt transmitter. Now the first transistor I used, if you look at the little metal transistor here, uh, the first transistor I used, I only got 10 milliwatts out of this thing. So I changed it for a little standard, uh, little plastic uh, 2N222. To a uh, uh, NPN transistor, and it went from uh, 10 milliwatts up to 100 milliwatts. So that's what we're able to get: 100 milliwatts. So I've got a little video here where I put it on the air. Let's see if we can uh, let's see if we can look at this video and see uh, how it looks. And we'll cut this video off in about 10 seconds. So let's see. Find the right button. Okay, guys, this is our uh, QRP transmitter I built. It's got five parts in it. Uh, uh, I've got it just kind of together here. Got my manual key on it. Uh, trying to keep things from shorting out here. Here's the battery, nine volt battery. Okay, I've got it hooked to the antenna. Let's see. All right, let's see if we can make a contact here real quick with it. I'm going to call CQ. I'm used to a, uh, a keyer. I haven't used a straight key in a number of years, but I'm going to try it. So here we go. Well, guys, that is that is all the noise. All we got back, noise. We didn't get any answers. I tried maybe for 30 minutes. Now the band was not too good uh, that day. In fact, 40 has been really lousy. Uh, if you looked at the uh, spectrum scope there, you probably didn't see hardly any signals at all on there. So um, 
Well, you know, we'll try it again later, uh, another day when the conditions are a little bit better. Uh, I had it hooked to my outside, my uh, extended double zap, but it's 150 feet out there. I doubt much of that uh, 100 milliwatts was actually making it to the antenna, but I think a little bit probably was. So we'll, uh, we'll try it again later. But, you know, uh, in addition to the bands not being good, there is a lot of... Um, a lot of trash and noise on 40 that's man-made and it looks like there's some jamming going on you know, with with uh, the Cuban stuff I've got a let's see I've got a um, video here I'm gonna show you just a quick clip of some of the jamming going on and um, let me pull it up real quick well Tom you know why they started the jamming don't you Oh, yeah, well, I guess so people could not talk to uh, the free no, country. No, no, no. What's that? They watched last week's show and oh. saw you building this little transmitter and uh, knew maybe, that if your straight key code uh, got down there, nobody would be able to do CW ever again. Maybe so, maybe so. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Let me see if I can load this up here. Let's see. All right, here we go. This is what This is what 40 looks like. That is the, about the 40 meter band pass right there, and you can see there's a lot of garbage being sent down this thing, and it moves around. It moves around a lot, so, um, so uh, you know, that's one thing we're dealing with right now, is, is some of the uh, interference, and plus the bands are not too good. You know, the nice thing about 40 meters is, it's fairly short, particularly during the daytime, and it's perfect for the, the Cuban people in the island here of Cuba to talk into uh, Florida and talk to other Cubans there in the United States. Kind of short, uh, short distance stuff, you know. So um, uh, I, I guess the government has, has decided that, you know, this is something we want to try to uh, cause some problems with. So that's kind of where we are now. Uh, there's, uh, there's ways that you can tell where that's coming from and we're going to try tonight to see if we can if we can pinpoint it and triangulate uh, that signal here and we're going to do that with um let's see we got bill coming in let's see all right so we're going to try to uh do that with a um uh kiwi sdr receivers and uh it's a program called as I mentioned before, uh, it's called TDOA, which is uh, time difference of arrival. Time difference of arrival, and what they do is you can take the uh, SDR receivers and take about six or eight receivers, uh, you know, kind of in a circle around an area, and uh, this thing will run um, uh, this program. And based on the time difference that the signals are received, it can try to pinpoint uh, where the signal is coming from. So I want to show you how to do that. And if you never used the, any of the Kiwi SWR uh, uh, receivers, they're, they're neat and they're fun to use anyway. So let me pull one up here. And uh, uh, let's see if I can pull one up. So if you just go to, if you just do a search for kiwisdr.com uh, uh, and you'll, you'll come up with it. We're going to, I'm going to click on a Kiwi map here. So I, it, oh, let me, let me go back so you can see what I did. You're not, you're, you didn't see what I did. So, um, 
So you go to the Kiwi site and, and you can pick various stations here or you can click up here for the uh, map and you can click on the map and uh, that will bring up the, the map of uh, different receiving stations. So let's do see if we can do a uh, let's see if we can pick that interference up on a station and I'm going to show you how to see if we can pinpoint where the interference is coming from. So first of all I'm going to zoom in here a little bit. I'm going to zoom in uh, if I can get this thing to work right. Um, here we go. It's not cooperating. All right, I'm going to have to let it settle down here. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. All right, so I'm going to zoom in a little better, bigger on the U.S., and you know we we think the interference is coming from Cuba. So let's do this. Let's pick up. Let's pick a station, for instance, in uh, Texas, right down here at the border of Texas and, and Mexico. We're going to pick him. We're going to just click on him, and that's going to bring up. Uh, that's going to bring up the Kiwi receiver. We're going to click here to start the receiver. Now we're remote. Now we're remote, and we're going to. Um, we're going to uh, be listening from from Texas. I'm going to change the frequency up here. The interference has been down in the bottom half of the band, basically. So I'm going to change this to like um, uh, 7130 or something like that, and we'll look at we'll look at the entire band. 7130. All right, and we'll put it on the lower side band. Okay. I'm going to zoom in a little bit, and uh, you can see we're in this area right here, and you can see, you can actually see the interference right there. It's spaced, uh, it's spaced right there, and it's, uh, it's pretty uh, consistent. So what we want to do now is, a lot of people don't know about this, but if you go over here to extensions, right here on the left, on the right side, go to, click on extensions, you can click down here on TDOA. That's time difference of arrival. And once you click that, we're going to select about four more stations and put them in, in the listening mode here. So um, I'm going to pick one up here around New York or somewhere. Let's see. Uh, we'll, pick, we'll pick this, uh, this one station. We've added him. Um, let me see if I'm getting this right. Okay, we've got him. Uh, let's add a second one. This is not working real well. Let's see if this... There we go. Well, I keep losing. Tom, is all of that strictly receive? Yeah, these are all... Yeah, that's receive. All right, so... I'm trying to get my map down in a. Um, so you can see what I'm doing here. I see that's the wrong way. And up. Okay, I'm having trouble. If you guys see over here on the bottom left-hand corner, it's listing those stations that I'm selecting. So we we've already selected K1RA. I don't know why I can't get those other guys in there. All right, I'm going to uh, select another one. Another one uh, from uh, the U.S. Here, let's see. Uh, 
I'm going to I'm going to select um, there's a six station I'm going to select a six station I'm going to select another one I'm going to select um, there's an eight station I'm going to select that eight station alright so I've got about three or four stations now what you're not seeing here is important and I'm not sure why it's covered up it, it's covering up something right here that I'm wanting to show everybody this is not good You can see it trying to show up here on the bottom left, uh, bottom left corner. See it, it, it? You can see it right there. Come in and go. Let's see. You see what I'm talking about? Oh, gee whiz! Um, Tom, I've used this site many times yeah. for receivers, and uh, I actually didn't know that they had the TDOA uh, uh, option. So that that's, yeah. that's so, really neat. So I, I'm having trouble, Bill. I can't get to the little thing down here to hit the submit button. So it's it's covered by this, and this is not. Uh, let me let me try this. Let me try to. Uh, there we go. I just reducing the size of the screen. By reducing the size of the screen, now you can see uh, what I was just talking about here. So I added uh, a K1 station. I added a uh, six station, and I added a five station. And uh, I'm gonna hit. Uh, I'm gonna hit the submit button here and let's see what happens here so I've got five stations four stations now trying to listen to that signal and uh, let's see it must uh, must be zoomed in further I've got to zoom in further All right, I'm gonna hit the submit button again right up here you can see it says sampling has started sampling has started and then down here sampling has started it's going to go through the process here of taking those receivers okay uh, and it's, it takes it just a minute or two and it could, should come back here Okay, there. Okay, we've got something now. Let's see what we've got here. It doesn't look uh, very good to me. It doesn't look very promising, to tell you the truth. So it didn't really work for me. If you see the red spots and stuff in the U.S. here, basically uh, the stations I picked, they were hearing noise from these areas. The stations I picked may not have been hearing the interference come in. So you really need to find four or five stations that are actually hearing the interference because if you pick a station that's not hearing the interference, then of course he cannot, uh, uh, he cannot tell you, you know, uh, where, where it is. So anyway, I thought that would be interesting. And, uh, you know, the uh, Kiwi SWR receivers are, are great here. Uh, Bill's used them. I've used them for tracking our whisper balloons when we get you know into uh, areas like uh, uh, over China and Russia uh, we can we can actually pick a Kiwi receiver over that area and uh, actually listen for and decode whisper signals uh, from uh, having a receiver over there 
So that's kind of what I wanted to show you tonight as far as uh, what's going on with 40 meters, the Cuban rum runner. Obviously, it's causing a lot of interference. You saw the uh, video of our QRP transmission, our CQ, and the band was just completely dead. We'll, we'll keep trying that right there. Um, hey, let me uh, let's make let me make a quick announcement. Just real quick. I don't know if people saw in the chat room. Arnie has he's not able to go to um, to Huntsville, and he has I think. Uh, a flea market space. If anybody needs a flea market space in Huntsville, Arnie has one. Arnie also has two tickets to the NADXA banquet. So if you need tickets to the NADAX banquet or you need a flea market space, I know they're sold out in Huntsville. Uh, they're in the flea market, so you know this might be a chance where you can uh, get you a, uh, a flea market table if you. Uh, if you choose to right there. Uh, okay. Hey, Bill, we'll pick you up just a minute and see what's going on uh, in your world. Um, while I mentioned Huntsville, let me just uh, continue on that for a second. Um, uh, we should, uh, I think next week we'll have Mark, either next week or the next, we'll have Mark Brown with us, uh, probably for a couple shows to talk about it. Mark is the uh, chairman of the Huntsville Ham uh, Fest, and we'll we'll get the latest updates there. It looks like the show's going to go on. I think it's going to be a good show, uh, and we'll see what happens here. Now, let me just let me let me push this out there for you guys real quick. I want to do this again. We had a few people that took us up on this offer, but you know, to, for, for us to go to Huntsville and put this show on, it's going to cost six hundred, eight hundred dollars, something like that. And we're going to be working pretty hard to bring you the show the whole trip, you know. We don't get to look around and buy a lot of stuff. I actually don't have any money to buy stuff. But anyway, uh, so here's what we're going to do. we got a lot of prizes, a lot of prizes out there. If, if you go to w5kub.com and you click on Huntsville Prizes, Huntsville 2021 Prizes, you'll see all the prizes we've lined up so far. And... Um, uh, we we have set one prize aside for anybody who wants to donate to help us put, cover the cost of the trip. We've got one prize here that we're going to set aside just for you. And this is the uh, Heil uh, Finn microphone. The Heil Finn microphone. It's, it's autographed by Bob Heil. The box is. I showed you last week. This thing comes in its own metal carrying case inside here. A great microphone, but for every five bucks you might donate to help us cover the cost of the trip, the expense of the trip, we're going to put your name in the hat to be drawn just for this item right here. And uh, for every multiple of five, you'll get your name in here. So if you do 25 bucks, you're going to get your name in the hat five times. We've had a few people already gone to the site and donated, and uh, we really appreciate that. It'll help us out a whole lot. And uh, you do not have to be present to, uh, to win. And uh, we'll have it for you there. Let me pull up the price page real quick and show you again what, what we've got lined up here. I think uh, you'll uh, be happy to see it. Tom, did you get the mask question about Huntsville uh, answered? You know, I don't know yet, but I, 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 we've been researching it. Uh, so what I have, the latest I've found out, and I may totally be wrong. But the latest, uh, and I don't know if Mark's in the room and if he wants to address it right now. Um, you know, the governor of Alabama has removed the mask mandate. 
uh, we went to Von Braun Center and they have actually removed their requirements to wear the mask. But uh, Von Braun Center says if uh, any group that's you know leasing or has a show there, if that group wants the people to wear a mask, then Von Braun Center will uh, they will promote that and and. Uh, uh, you know, make sure that happens. So we don't know yet if the ham fest is going to require you to wear a mask or not. It's not going to be. It looks like it's not going to be a a, a, a civic center issue or a state uh, a center. Uh, uh, you know, state issued uh, mandate to wear your mask. So if you go to if you go to w5kub.com and. Um, Right there at the uh, at the top, we've got uh, uh, the top menu. We've got the uh, we've got prizes there. You click on prizes. Yeah, I did that wrong. Let me go back. You go right here. You go to prizes, and you come down to Huntsville 2021. Right, and click on it. You're going to see some of the prizes that we uh, are, are we have here, and of course, as you can see, we have first mentioned, you know, our little fundraising thing here at the very top, and uh, there's buttons you can do a PayPal, credit card, whatever you want to do, if you want to. And guys, if you don't have the money, don't feel obligated. Don't do this. We've got about 20 or 30 other prizes free for anybody out there, you know. Uh, so we want you to have a good time. This is a nice headset by uh, Radio Sport. Uh, again, this year headsets. Uh, I haven't I haven't heard back from ARL, ARL yet. Usually they do a antenna antenna book and handbook. We'll see. Um, uh, Ballon designs, great ballons. You saw one here on the show uh, a week or two ago. These are probably the best ballons you can get. Hundred dollar gift certificate toward one. Uh, Rich there, he's uh, donating uh, digital editions for CQ magazines. Here's a new product out for, uh, by DV Mega uh, right here. And I don't know what this is. And Glenn, you probably, it's some kind of Ambi uh, dongle, Am, Ambi server. You know what that is? No, but I bet Bill probably does. All right. Okay. So there, that's that's coming out there. We're going to have, uh, we've got uh, uh, desk wedges. We've got desk signs. Uh, we've got handy talkies uh, from Gigaparts, uh, gold medal. We've got hats. Uh, you can get a hat there with W5KUB on it if you want one. No, you can get your own call on it. Uh, Ham Radio Deluxe. Well, we're going to be giving out some Ham Radio Deluxe software. Uh, Hile Sound. Uh, we've got some other uh, uh, prizes from Hile Sound. That's a little uh, uh, handy talkie uh, headset. Cantronics has got three nice prizes. Each one of these is about 450 bucks. Uh, they're packet and other stuff I'm not even into. Modems, I don't know what they are. Uh, uh, QSL cars, VD QSL cars, we've got them coming. Lots of stuff from MFJ, dual clocks, switches, dummy loads, headsets, watt meters, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, uh, Bill, here's your uh, tiny uh, SA, a tiny uh, spectrum analyzer right there. And, that's uh, a dandy. Yeah, that's a dandy there. And uh, uh, SDR play, we were talking about SDR receivers a while ago. Here's a, this is a great little SDR receiver. This is the SDR play, and uh, you, you'll love it. 
Uh, signal link has come through with a new uh, signal uh, link USB. And it seems like everybody always wants this. There's a whole reel of LMR 400 cable right here. So that's some that's of the put me down for a roll. That, that's some of the stuff. That's some of the stuff we've got. You know, we're going to be giving out. You, and uh, what we're going to do is uh, just you know, as like like what we do here on the show, we give out a prize. Hambot has changed up a little bit. Um, we're not requiring you to. Uh, Claim the prize in the chat room like we used to, um, because uh, in our older chat rooms we may have a thousand people in that chat room, and we don't know if you're sleeping or if you've left for the day. We don't know if you're in there or not. So we always ask the person to Hambot always asks the person to claim the prize if you're there. We don't do it anymore. YouTube uh, chat room is a little different. Uh, to populate your name in the chat room. Uh, you have got to have uh, typed something in the last, say, one minute or two minutes. Uh, and what we do when we get ready to do prizes, we'll tell you, and we'll have you either hit a period and an enter or hello and enter, just anything you can enter in the chat room. And what that does, that'll put your name in the list of all the uh, chat room participants. And, uh, and then we do a random selection in there. And uh, we don't ask you to claim the prize because we know if you went through the trouble to hit enter that you're there and you're trying to get the prize. So uh, once we call your name, you'll win the prize and uh, uh, it'll be shipped to you. Uh, I personally don't want prizes shipped to me. Uh, this, is, this one is an exception here. Bob sent this down to me. Uh, I like for the vendors to send the prizes direct to the winners because you know th this prize right here you know to, to UPS or FedEx this this will probably cost 15 or 20 bucks uh, to to ship well Bob paid that shipping it to me now I've got to pay 15 or 20 bucks to ship it to somebody else and uh, that's why I like uh, uh, you know the vendors just to ship it directly to whoever gets it and that way I don't have to handle it it's not you know in my possession or anything like that well, you know, if you need a place to store all that, you feel free to tell them to ship it to my place. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. We can do that. <laughs> we can do that. Uh, so that's kind of what's going on with the uh, with our webcast. Uh, and we're going to have a lot of prizes. Uh, we, uh, let's see, setup day will be third, uh, Friday, Friday the 20th. Uh, August the 20th will be setup day. We'll be in here first thing when they open the door at 10 o'clock in the morning. We'll set up. We'll try to stream that entire day during setup because you'll see everybody driving in and unloading and uh, there will be, uh, you know, people come by and, and say hello. You'll see all that. No, we won't give any prizes away on Friday, but uh, we will stream and you never know what you're going to see on Friday. And then, of course, the uh, show is all day Saturday and Sunday, and we'll be giving prizes away all day Saturday and, and Sunday. Uh, and that's uh, about it for uh, Huntsville. We'll be talking more about that in next week or two. Uh, my SDR is still running in the background. Okay. Let me look at that. It probably is. And you know what? I didn't have the audio turned up. Well, yeah, I did. Uh, there it is. 
There it is. It had a little bit on there. Okay, I turned it out. Thanks for telling me that. Uh, who was it told me that? Let's see. Mark see, told me. Mark told me that. Hey, thanks a lot, Mark. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to go in there and try to figure out which which window I've got open here and, and try to clear it up. Sorry you had to listen to all that static uh, during during my talk here. So that's Huntsville. You're, uh, you've got a dedicated crystal on that uh, little transmitter of yours, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Can you... Um, um, have you tried the reverse uh, CW beacon network? No, I have network? not. Other people have mentioned it. I've used that before. I just have not. Uh, I have not looked at it. Uh, how does that work? Somebody has to put it in here, don't they? No, it's automatic. Uh, is it? All you have to do is uh, call CQ about three times, then go DE W5KUB, yeah. or you can do test, test, test yeah. DE W5KUB. And then uh, check the website, which I posted in the uh, chat room, and it will show you if any of the remote stations have picked it up. Well, that's running the CW Skimmer uh, software, and uh, it'll show up. I've done well, it uh, several times with even just a 20 milliwatt transmitter. And I've well, that's uh, that's really interesting. I didn't know that it was just this automatic. I, I thought somebody maybe had to put it in here, kind of. I think some people can, yeah. but I believe uh, there's. Uh, uh, a number of automatic uh, stations. I, I found a website that shows how to set up a reverse beacon receiver yeah. using those SDR uh, radios and different, yeah. different kinds of radios like that. Hey, was that was that uh, SDR noise was really really loud while I was talking? I, I didn't actually hear it here. Were you I, here? I didn't hear it until you turned it up. Okay, all right. Hey, I've got a special uh, surprise here. What do you got? Come on up, Dad. I want everybody to wish my dad. Uh, this is Joe Whiskey Bravo Eight Mike Sierra Juliet, who taught me Morse code when I was the age of four. In fact, I knew how to speak Morse code to do Morse code uh, before I could actually speak full sentences. So, all right, is, that, that's the guy that taught me. He was a radio man in uh, World War II in the Navy, and uh, wow. taught me Morse code and uh, his WB8 MSJ. And he's 96 today. So, wow! Everybody, say happy, hey, birthday. happy birthday, Joe! Yeah, happy birthday! Yeah, happy birthday! Hey, ma'am. Hey, it's so glad to have you. So glad to have you uh, on the so show with us, just, man. Uh, and, change the digits around, Dad, to make. Findlay, Ohio, and uh, visiting uh, my dad and had a big party over the weekend and another party on his actual birthday, which is today. And we I launched a balloon that went up to 22,000 feet, and it's clear out over Three Mile Island right now uh, oh, wow. in eastern Pennsylvania. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, we've had a good day. That's great. Well, that's, that's, that's good. Happy birthday message is showing up in the chat. Yeah, a lot of people uh, saying happy birthday. Oh, that's great. I'm so glad you could join us tonight for your birthday, Joe. Happy birthday. Well, if I if I had known that, I would have had a cake. If I would known that, I would have had a cake ready for the show tonight. There was a lady in the paper that died today on my birthday. She died at 104. My goodness. Wow. So, I may make it yet. You just might. My goodness. There you go. <laughs> Well, Joe, uh, hey, man, you're looking good there. You look like you're, you're doing real good there, man. You see somebody without a smile giving them ears. 
That's right. Name yeah. Said that. Now, any dad that teaches his kids CW at four is my kind of dad. That's that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, my sister and I both knew Morse code uh, before we could really write or read. <laughs> oh, that's so we cool. knew Morse code. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. so cool. Well, that's cool. Well, a happy birthday to you there. And while I, we were talking about Huntsville, let me just mention. That looks like a happy bunch. Yeah, let me mention, hey, East Tennessee Ham Fest. Now, uh, 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 Bill, are you up at your dad's right now? Yes. Or is he I'm down with you? Ohio. You're up there, okay. Well, bring him down. Take him down to Huntsville and then bring him down to the East Tennessee Ham Fest at Sevierville, Tennessee. Uh, it's going to be uh, September 25th, and we're looking forward to uh, being there. And uh, we're going to go there. We're going to be there and uh, uh, do a little talk there. And uh, I'm going to get to look around. And uh, I, I like looking at the old stuff, you know. I don't like all this new stuff. So I'm, I'm going I'm to see if I can buy me some boat anchors or something while I'm there. And uh, and then from there, uh, we're going to. I'm going to head on over. We're going to head over to our home in North Carolina, probably for about a week. So I'll be doing the show the Tuesday. After Sevierville, I'll be doing it from the Blue Ridge Mountains in uh, north uh, in western uh, in western North Carolina, and uh, we'll probably do a little recap of what the Ham Fest was about. Uh, you know that I just attended there. Well, all right. Uh, hey, you know we normally open the phone lines. We've started opening the phone lines for people and Skype to join us. To uh, hey, wait, let's uh, wait. Let me. I see some balloons there. Are you wait? Uh, well, are you using hydrogen or helium there? What are you using there, Bill? Bill, can you hear me? I'm trying to unmute. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, uh, we just use the poor quality helium. Well, poor quality for your dad. You're using poor quality helium. I, yeah. I, I would have thought at least you would have done hydrogen there. <laughs> All right. But you know, it's hard to, you don't want to inhale hydrogen when you try and talk. Yeah. That's okay. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to open up the uh, Zoom for everybody out there. Let's see. Let's see if I got it here. Let's see. There it is, right there. And uh, we're going to let anybody and everybody wants to join us tonight on Zoom, they can come into the show. I'm even going to open the phone lines here. We're going to have phone lines open in 65 countries where, you know, you can dial a local number and join the show. Let me get you that. need to get 100 countries, Tom, and then you I, have I, I only get I can only get, get 65 countries. I'm all, I can only get 65 countries on local phone numbers. Maybe that's because that's only 65 countries have phones. I don't know. <laughs> We have to get we have to cut loose at this point. Okay. Time, so we're going to say good night to everybody. Got to go water everything because it's so bone dry out here. But happy birthday again, Joe. Thanks, Bill, for bringing him on. Looks like a good group. Yeah. Oh, we want to have a party. You'd have to drive thousands of miles to get together. Right. <laughs> we're well, gonna we have like a, to do that too. We're gonna have a party right here. Well, that's called a ham fest. Yes, exactly. Yeah, do that on our <laughs> right. Yeah, for his hundredth. Uh, I will turn around to everyone's house. 
Perfect. Yeah, they they threw me a nice little party on my fiftieth birthday. They call it Visalia, but yeah, we <laughs> we surprised them at the DX at the big dinner at the DX convention, and about eight hundred people at the convention all saying happy birthday. It was great. <laughs> all right. All right, it's getting, it's starting to get really exciting here now. Now, uh, Bill, uh, let me ask you something, Bill. Uh, I, I, I want to be sensitive when I ask this. Uh, your dad, there is, is your dad, is your dad still married? Oh, uh, he, he's. Uh, is he single now? Passed away. Oh, your mother's ago. passed away. Okay. Well, look, hey, there's a there's a person in here that completed her 93rd birthday. Uh, 93rd birthday. Uh, she's single, so uh, we're, we're starting to get stuff coming in here. Uh, we're starting to get stuff in here now. I want to. I want. I want Bill to get out of the way, and I want Joe, not not Joe. Yeah, Mark. Let's see. Joe, I want Joe to get on here and tell us. Joe, hey, talk to us. You were a radio man in World War II, man. Talk to us about. Uh, where where were you in World War Two? Were you in Asia or were you in a, uh, the Europe? Where were you? He wanted you to talk about uh, radio school where you were learning. Oh, that was in it, World uh, War Two. That was we we went to radio school and they had a a guy that was in the service that taught us. Then we had a chief that taught us, and and he would write code clear up to. <laughs> Like he's going to spell a bad word right at the end, he'd change it. Oh, really? <laughs> laugh, you know, in the group. Yeah. Now, did, did you serve? Where did what 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 theater did you serve in? That was in 1940. Uh, were Were you in the Pacific? Did Did you get over it? Did Did you get over in the Pacific or Europe or? No, did I didn't get didn't get out of uh, Great Lakes. Okay. Okay. We had our tickets made out after I got out of radio school. Yeah. To the Pacific Theater, and I knew what that meant. I meant Japan, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pacific yeah. Theater, and I thought, boy, that's going to be tough because Iwo Jima was tough, you know. They yeah. Lost yeah. Boys in Iwo Jima. Yeah. When I was in Great Lakes. Well, and, Joe, uh, you know, you know the think about the radio equipment. Think about the radio equipment you had back then. Now, I, I've been a ham for almost 60 years, and I had some of that surplus radio gear. You know, it, it, it became really available in the 60s and 50s, and us hams got a lot of that. And it was some neat equipment, neat transmitters and ART-13 transmitters and all kinds of stuff. But think about the equipment you had then and compare that with the equipment you have today. What? How would you compare that? How would you compare that? Yeah, I had had a teletype, and I I teletyped and the tell a joke, and then the guy out in Jordan, out west, some state, South Dakota, was go ha 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 back to, to ask to let yeah. answer your joke. And it was and all on paper, right? It was a it was all big paper that come out. Well, you know, you know, Joe, I. I, I I was a teletype repairman in the Air Force, and uh, I repaired those, and I owned a lot of the old mechanical teletypes over the years. Uh, and we used to do, and, and I know you probably uh, just mentioned this, but we used to send pictures with teletype made by dots and, and dashes and, and different letters. 
just spit out tape, you know. Oh yeah, in a tape. tape and then you tear it off and put it in a bag. And yeah. Give it to somebody and uh, just about the time we were ready to go to the Pacific Theater, they dropped the bomb. Yeah. And now. In radio school, when they dropped the bomb, and that that cut everything off just like that. And I I thought, well, my guy Shea bombed Pearl Harbor, so I guess maybe they deserved something. But it wasn't. It was too bad. To, they they were destroying most of Tokyo with napalm bombs. Yeah, yeah. They said if they'd have gone on, they'd have burnt the city down. Yeah, I, I've just just lately I've been watching a lot of documentaries about that, and uh, boy, there was some tough stuff going on. And, and that that country, end, that country was about to get wiped off the map. It really was. Oh yeah, because they were cleaning the city out. Yeah, and it, stuff was burned because there's this wooden shacks, you know. Yeah. And, they, and then uh, that was that, that was, the Doolittle raid. Yeah, that well, was, that was even after the Doolittle raid. That was all the firebombings and all the stuff. I mean, that, that country was just about completely turned to ash. Tell, tell the story about uh, when you went to get your paycheck in the and oh, the uh, well the, when you first started at the uh, naval base. I was an old farm boy, and I I worked. I went home on leave, and I come back to get my paycheck at the navy, and I asked a couple of guys at the bottom of the stairs. Where do I sign this, get this sign? They says, go right up those stairs, the first office on the left. So I walked up the stairs, walked into this office, and there was, I noticed a couple of guys with a gold braid on their hats, you know, and I saw a guy had a hat on the corner there with a gold braid all over it, and I thought, wow, well, that was a pretty good looking hat. And I walked up, he said, what do you want, sir? I went up and he says, you got a bad leg? I says, no. I thought, oh, he's going to be a joker, you know. No, I says, I'm all right. And stand at attention. <laughs> so I, I stood at attention. And he took my paycheck. He says, I'm not signing that. <laughs> yeah. I says, okay. <laughs> and I went down, they were all laughing at the bottom of the step. They thought that poor farm kid didn't know any better, I guess. They sent him up to the base commander to get his paycheck. Base commander of the whole, of the whole outfit. <laughs> well, I got to talk to the commander anyway. Wow. <laughs> oh, just they pulled fun, dumb stuff like that. Yeah, we they were, um, he's in Australia. Oh, really? Yeah. So, there, uh, there are a lot of stories. I, I like listening to stories from back then and hearing your experiences and what you guys went through back then and you know it was uh it was uh, the military was interesting even for me uh i was in in the late 60s early 70s and um you know i still look back at it i i think it was a good time and uh i i enjoyed my time there and uh, hey, uh, Tom, yeah. I'm going to have him tell the story about how he got his amateur radio license. Tell about the guy at uh, Detroit and the uh, use when you were doing Morse code for your Morse code test at the Detroit FAA, F FCC office when you went to get your ham radio license. What? He, he wrote down, he, he sent Morse code and he wrote down, 
he, he didn't like your U's and J's. Oh, that's that guy that uh, that tested uh, tested out for ham radio. Bill yeah. and I went out at the same time, and he, of course, he got his right away. And I had passed uh, that code for hundred some characters without a miss. You know that had that. Yeah. And, uh, and I was in a hurry, so I. When it come to J and U, I would I wouldn't top the top of the J off and just made a U and and he he wouldn't let me have a license. He says you missed your J's and U's. You you missed your the two easiest words to keep from missing J and U's. Yeah. Well, wrote it wrong and so I wrote back. He was going to Columbus and I was going to go down there and take a test. So. I wrote a letter with all the J's and U's that I could put in it to him, you know. Yeah. Say just in case you didn't that's this and did it the same way I took the test and <laughs> this time I passed. Well, you went down to Columbus to take the test instead of Detroit, well, and the yeah. same guy was there. And the same guy was in Columbus. Oh and boy. Oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> But well, <laughs> yeah. Oh well. I took uh, I took my test in Memphis, Tennessee. They the uh, F, the uh, FCC. I guess they're like where you were. They only came four times a year to Memphis. When and I, when I uh, when the war when Bob yeah. dropped, you had choices where you wanted to go. So I decided to go to Grosseil Grosseil Naval Air Station. That's that little island from Detroit that comes down and drops into Lake Erie and there's an airport right there where Lake Erie where the uh, airport is right on Lake Erie where at the beginning Lake Erie north side uh-huh. and uh, that's where we ended up taking telegrams there and code and, and I was only an hour and 50 minutes from my home and then so every once in a while I get in the car I had a car up there and I would drive home and go back up and, and uh, take some more TVs and uh, some more. Not well, you TV. know, you know those uh, the uh, the people that gave you that test and the guy that uh, failed you because you didn't cross your J. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You know, they're just. They're he wouldn't let me. I I said I want to see and show you. I I can't. I can't show you what you missed. Well, he, he, me what I missed. he was trying to be. He was trying to be like a drill sergeant in the army. Evidently, yeah. I don't know what his problem was. Yeah, that's what he was trying to be like. In fact, when when I but you know when I took the test, I was 16 years old. I was uh, I was 16 years old when I took uh, took my test, and uh, I had a drill sergeant like that. And uh, there was a lot of older people that took the test, and they all complained. They said the, the Morse code, it was bouncing off the walls and echoing, and that was their complaint. I, I copied the code fine at 16 years old, but there's a whole bunch of people that, that you know, they complained that it was unreadable. And uh, I guess that's why you got to have somebody like a drill sergeant here to, you know, to put them in place, you know. He's pushing the authority because... You know, we had to drive clear to Detroit to take that test and find the office. I was, I was 16 when I when we went up there and yeah. I got my license. Yeah. He could have been WB8ELL. Yeah. Yeah. Or 
<laughs> oh, he yeah. might have been a yellow K. Well, let's uh, let's see who's joined us on uh, Zoom right here. I see uh, I, I see a Mark up there. I see uh, now I see Joe Brown, but I don't, that's not Joe Brown, is it? Is that Joe Brown? That's not Joe Brown. Hello, Joe Brown. Hi, Tom. See, I told you that's not Joe Brown. No, it's it's a um, it's not my computer, so. Right, right. Well, how you doing? I'm good, thanks, Tom. Um, yeah, I'm. My name's Mike. I'm in Australia. BK two MK. Um, but joining in. Well, how are things down in Australia? Let's see. It's uh, it's winter time down here. Are you guys cold? Uh, no, not today. It's um, 23 degrees Celsius at the moment. That's what about 70? Yeah, yeah. 73, 74 um, Fahrenheit. Um, beautiful sunny day. Um, it's the middle of the day too. Well, I guess it doesn't get too cold down here, right? It, 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 no. Yeah. No, where I am, I mean, we never see snow. It never snows here, so... Um, All right, man. Hey, i, I got to ask you a question, man. You got any kangaroos near you down here? Um, actually, down in, the, down in the bush from where I live, there are a few kangaroos, yeah. but um, um, close to where I live, there's... Uh, quite a large bushland and there's a few roos in there yeah but, can, can those um, uh, can, they're can, more can, in western New, like I live in New South Wales and they're more um, out west yeah well can, 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 can a kangaroo can a kangaroo really box you know like yes but can, mainly with its feet not with, with its with the feet not, not with its, its not with its hand and I no, but the thing is, you get a kick from a kangaroo, and it's worse than a horse. Now I've seen videos where people actually got in a fight with a kangaroo. You know, the I think the kangaroo maybe attacked the person's dog, and they the hunting dog or something, and the guy went out there and he fought the kangaroo. Now that was a good fight. Yeah, but what you've really got to watch out for is those feet because. Um, I mean, compared to a kangaroo, a horse is a gentle kick. Yeah, all right. Considering those feet launch the entire animal into the air. Yeah. And the thing is, they can grow up to seven feet high, so... Woo, that's big. Oh, uh, yeah. hey, so, hey, how's 40 metres down here? Is 40 metres uh, work pretty good? Noisy as all noisy. get out. Yeah, it's noisy here too, man. And, of course, we're getting this interference too, but it has yeah. not been good. No, no. I tried to use 40 metres, but yeah. the thing is, the noise is just too, too bad. Well, it'll get, it'll get better there. Let's see who let's see who else we got in here. We got Mark, uh, Mark in here, KA8. Hey, Mark, how you doing, Mark? Mark, are you there? Uh, it's KA9. Was it 9? Okay. It, uh, I, need to, I need to get a bigger screen. Yeah, the 9 station, go. I got one of these from Bill Brown. All right, all right, very good. All right, mate, you you you're halfway there. 
You're halfway now, there, man. This one's not going up in a balloon, Tom. Oh, it's not. This one's going to stay on the ground. This is the Eifer that uh, Bill's been designing. Yeah. And uh, we've got that here. And if I can bring it over to you. Yeah. This is what we're going to put it in. Just a little box. Yeah. Yeah. Like that one. So uh, uh, it's got uh, openings for it. We've been gluing a, a mount in here for the uh, for the uh, Piper, and then we'll bring in our uh, AC and coax through here. So uh, hopefully we can get that going here soon. I know that uh, okay. Bill's eager to get it to listen for it. So, uh, but that's what it looks like. It just looks just like his uh, his Sky Tracker, only it's uh, it's on the ground. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. Hey, Tom, I'm going to have to head out for the night. Okay. All right. We will see you, Glenn. Thanks for being with us tonight. Hi, man. See you. All right. And I will mention that that uh, board that Mark has um, goes, uh, transmits on 20-meter whisper, then it switches over to 22-meter whisper, which is 13.55... Um, He's on 13.555.418 megahertz. And uh, so that's a license-free band um, that is about 14 kC kilohertz wide. And though, um, so there's a, a number of people there, and it's also SLIN's uh, slow CW, QRSS slow CW. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of screen grabbers around the world that you can watch to see if you can see He's going to be sending SZX in, uh, on the screen grabbers, and uh, you can actually see it uh, show up. There's an automated one in New Mexico, uh, WA5 Delta Juliet, Juliet. And if you search on there, he has all kinds of receivers and all different bands listening for the slow CW uh, band. And every 20 minutes, uh, he sends uploads a waterfall display of what he is seen on his mm -hmm. waterfall display so it's really cool kind of cool well that's uh, that's good i might have to play with it and try it out too that's the unlicensed no license required band that'd be uh, interesting right and i just modified the sky tracker uh to shift the frequency down mm -hmm. uh it like i say it does 20 meters and then it shifts the frequency down and then on the next 10 minute sequence and 10 minute sequence it sends it on the hyper band and then hops back and forth and also sends the slow cw all right, I just put the phone number up. I've had the phone lines open for like the last 20 minutes, but I didn't have the phone number up. So if you want to call us, uh, the phone number is on the screen. You can give us a call. We have phones in 65 countries. And I'll take this opportunity right now while I'm at it just to say, if you're out there listening on International Shortwave Band, a WBCQ out of Monticello, Maine, um, you're listening to Amateur Radio Roundtable. This show is about ham radio and uh, uh, amateur radio, and we're just having some fun tonight talking about different things. If you're out there listening tonight, uh, send us an email to tom at w5kub.com, tom at w5kub.com. Tell us where you are in the world, and if you're hearing the station, we'll get your QSO card out there. And... Uh, if you um, if you do have internet access, you can actually watch this show. Just go to our YouTube channel. It's called W5KUB, 
it actually it's called uh, go to uh, youtube.com youtube.com slash w5kub that's our youtube channel if you hadn't hit the subscribe button please hit the subscribe button that helps us out a whole lot right there uh, we really appreciate that and uh, let's see who else we got called in tonight let's see we got we got let's see Trying to see what uh, what we're looking at here. Hey, we got Charlie. Charlie down in Uruguay. Charlie, how you doing? How's my signal getting into Uruguay? Hello. No, yeah, yeah. Hello. Hello. Hi okay. To all, um, I was muted, but we, listening we, to all. We should be coming in about five nine twenty over into Uruguay. You hearing us okay? Yeah. No problem with the audio and video. Oh, I'm muted too. Well, the thing is. I have no light or nearly no light here. No light. Oh, no. they are there. There you yeah. go. Okay. I'm very, very dark here with the computer tonight. <laughs> uh, but maybe, yeah, but yeah. it still looks good. You look good, Charlie. And, and I, I put the light a bit closer to me. You know, I, yeah. I, you know, I'm really, uh, I'm really happy that Charlie is here. He found us, I don't know, several months ago, and Charlie is almost always here uh, on the show every night. Thank you, Charlie. I have to blame uh, Alan. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. And, and Alan's not here tonight. He's traveling tonight. So he'll be back yeah. next week. But uh, he, we'll, he we'll tweeted about, he always tweets about the, 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 the show. Yeah. And uh, once uh, I, I saw his tweet, he, he just tweeted something like, We are now online or on the show live. And then I clicked on the. Okay. Thing and uh, all right, very good, very good. I'm, I'm glad uh, Alan sends that note out. We we all need. I, hey, everybody, when the show comes on, send a tweet out that uh, the show's on. Well, I'd love to uh, get the word out to more people. Sure. But uh, hey, so glad to have you tonight. Who else is in there? We got. Uh, well, it's not that many. Let's see. Do we still still nobody? Wait a minute. I'm, I'm look, checking the phone line. Still nobody on the telephone. Okay. So let's let's jump up to Bill. Bill up there in uh, uh, Massachusetts. How you doing, Bill? Hello, everybody, and uh, good evening to you there, Joe. Uh, happy birthday to you, my friend. Uh, we do have a little bit of, uh, I guess, I guess you could say, an equal. Uh, understanding of uh, uh, amateur radio. I was in the Navy, and uh, in uh, 1979, I got orders to Midway Island, and I was licensed as a novice out there. And I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> I had the radio men and the, and the electronics technicians running back and forth because they didn't know what the heck I was doing. Hi. <laughs> well, Bill, did you make did you make many contacts for Midway? That's kind of out in the I middle. I did, but believe it or not, Tom, I yeah. did. That's the kind of out in the middle uh, of nowhere. To, I was expecting to, uh, when I got licensed, I was expecting to get a, a, a WH4 call that was the yeah. block for Midway. Yeah. And uh, what was it? Uh, December... Yeah, December '79 is when the cutoff was for the WH4 block, 
and I ended up getting a KA6. But I still use the KM6BI um, call sign for Bird Island, and I could I could turn the I could turn the beam towards California and try to make CW contacts with California, and I had um, the JAs coming in on the back of the beam trying to yeah <laughs> trying to cut me off. Um, Normally, what was it, 10 meters, 20 meters, and 40 meters uh, worked work pretty good. I mean, you know, and I think they had a long wire for 80, but I never tried it. I mean, the the radio that they had there was a, a Swan 350, and uh, the crystal was not uh, uh, working right there because it drifted. I mean, you'd start a, a QSO, and uh, uh, the, the guy would come back to answer, and you was following him up the band or down the band. <laughs> oh man! Well, hey, hey, ni- about 1970-ish, 71. Uh, I was uh, HL9 KT. I think uh, the Korea only gave out about 26 calls, and uh, I, I had one of the calls. I had my HW100 sent over there to Korea, and uh, you know, I I don't. While I was over, I don't think I remember working the states hardly any from Korea. Uh, I worked Japan and and you know some of the islands and places like that. But the, the states were really hard for me to get from uh, Korea. Well, you know what? When I got <clears throat> stationed on Guam on a uh, combat store ship, uh, we did the South. Uh, we did the Pacific, the South Pacific. We went to New Zealand, Australia. I got re- I got a reciprocal license in Australia in uh, Perth, and on Christmas Eve I was able to work my uncle in New Hampshire. So, uh, <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. I, I thought that no, I, I I thought it was awesome. That, you know, and uh, I mean we made the we made the schedule. I think it was like two weeks before Christmas because I told them we, we'd be pulling in and that I'd be off the air until I got my reciprocal and. Uh, I mean, I had already had it planned. In fact, I went down. Uh, what was it, December twenty fourth, to the uh, uh, the post and, and and applied for it, and I had it within like thirty minutes. Mm. And uh, I took it back. I took it back to the ship. I put up a G five RV on the flight deck, and uh, I, I worked all over the place. I mean, I was really, I, I was really happy. All right. So you operated from the ship. Yeah, believe it or not, we were in port, and, you know, there was nobody there. (laughs) They were all on the the beach. Uh, I spent time on the the ship. All right. All right, well, still nobody on the phone yet. Hey, guys, the phone number is on the the screen if you want to call in. Oh, let's see. Anybody else got anything uh, you want to talk about tonight? Let's talk. Uh, give us. Dad's going to head off to bed. Are you going okay. Good, good night, there, Joe. Okay. Congratulations and happy birthday, my friend. Right, good night, Joe. Joe. Good night. He's good night, Joe. Happy birthday. Happy one for you. Yeah. <laughs> and see, he says say seventy-three. I'll say seventy-three, four, and five. All right. <laughs> seventy-three. Seventy-three. Take care. We're doing it. Excellent. All right. Well, very good. Very good, Jim. Excellent. 
so, so, so Bill, are you going to be launching a balloon at uh, Huntsville? Yeah, it'll be the same thing we did for Dad's birthday today. Uh, and uh, Charlie, we launched a small. Uh, I had my dad launch a balloon for his birthday, for his 96th birthday. So it's Whiskey Bravo 8 Mike Sierra Juliet Dash 2 on APRS right now. I'll put the I'll put the call sign in the chat room. Is that but the yes, uh, about? I think the forums at eleven, and we'll be doing a launch at noon. Is I'm that going to be one of the silver call? Probably one call of the silver on. ones. It's yeah. uh, it's hard to negotiate the bigger balloons through yeah, all the yeah. ways. Of how much? How much free lift? Uh, how much free lift? Today? It's been so long since we flew one of those. Like three grams almost, or something. Almost exactly the weight of a penny. Which is two and a half grams. Uh, today I ran about two point six five grams free lift, just slightly okay. more than the lift of a penny. Wow! Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's not much lift. No, it isn't. Uh, but it was a pretty calm day in our farm, and uh, we have a thousand. <clears throat> is that going to be a whisper or a whisper or an APRS balloon? It's APRS. It's it's okay. over. It's gone about 500 miles today. Oh, okay. It's out over Pennsylvania now, from where we launched it this morning. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, I'm still waiting on my generator here, guys. I'm putting a 22 uh, kW generator in here at the house. I got my concrete slab poured outside and. Uh, you know, I'm just just waiting. There, there, there's my slab right there. I, I cleared me out. I dug me up a bush and I put me a slab down. And uh, I'm just waiting. Now, everything is back ordered. Everything. Really? Wow. Everything is back ordered, and it's it's, it's going to take several months to get that. Can you get the electrical in before you? Get the generator there. No, they'll 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 do it all in one day. Uh, the the gas guy he'll he'll run the gas pipe and tap and close it off, and it, they'll test it for 24 hours. And then the next day, electrician will he'll have the he'll put the wiring in and hook it up. It it it'll all just about be done in one day. And once I get that put in, we'll never have an outage here again. I mean, it's just that's just uh, 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 what do you, what do you call it? It's for luck or so. I don't even have to hook it up to the electric. Just as long as I install it here, you know, on that pad, we'll never have another outage. So. Yeah, I call it envy. Yeah. All right. Did you get a, buy a Kohler? Was it a Kohler that no, you No, this is a Generac. Oh, Generac. This oh. is Generac. Oh, yeah, those are good, too. Yeah, this is a Generac. <laughs> so, it's, um, you know, it, it, they're they're pretty good. I mean, you know, it auto start, runs on natural gas, Wi-Fi enabled, all that stuff. So, you know, it's going to be uh, interesting. Uh, even though uh, we'll go generator, you know, you're going to have about a 10-second, 10, 10 or 15-second area there where where you lose power so I gotta figure out how to plug all my clocks in around the house um, I've got UPS in, in, in here on a number of th things I uh, uh, I've got me about about 450 pounds of batteries outside and I've got a uh, massive UPS system uh, in the garage and I ran uh, 
I ran Romex. I ran Romex from there through the house and down the walls and put me some uh, U, uh, UPS receptacles in the walls that, uh, for all the computers, the TV, the modem, uh, you know, things like that. So uh, it, 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 it'll stay on. In fact, it'll run on those batteries. It'll run about... If we lose power, all, all the computer systems and the TV and the internet, everything I run for about eight or nine hours uh, before I start getting worried. Uh, and uh, usually, you know, within an hour or so, I'm usually out there cranking up a generator and connecting a generator to the house. But uh, by having the, uh, the auto start and all that out there, um, it'll be nice, you know. We don't get... Well, we get ice storms here, ice storms, a lot of tree limbs fall, and uh, actually ice is probably the thing that gets us the worst here. Uh, there was a time here years ago, we're down through Mississippi, all the major big high tension, you know, the big metal steel uh, uh, transmission lines, the ice brought every one of those down, and uh, there were people without power for, you know, a month or six weeks. Uh, even here, even here in Memphis, there was a lot of power uh, outage here for weeks at a time. So, unless I lose natural gas, uh, we'll be okay. I'm hoping not for an earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Nobody called in on the phone tonight. It may not even be working. Who knows? Let's see. We can see if we got music. Oh yeah. Hey Tom, I think that the this uh, Zoom uh, possibility is. Um, I mean, it's making the phone line uh, less popular. Yeah, probably so. Probably so. Of course, this is a much better way to to interact with the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a few people that are uh, uh, shy and don't want to get on Zoom. We had a couple people call in, I think, last week. Oh, let's see. What else is going on here? Let's see. Ice Storm. Chris reminded me. Ice Storm of 94. That's when... Uh, 94. Wow, 94. Well, that's that's almost, that was almost 30 <laughs> years ago. Man. That's when we had the big outage. Now we've had a smaller one since then. Yeah. Uh, Tom, but, oh, oh, well, uh -huh. anybody, but uh, 20, 20 kV, it's a really big uh, generator. Well, uh, 22. It's, it's 22, Tw yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, the mains in my house is a fifth the capacity of that generator yeah. well i live in an apartment right but yeah. uh, usually okay. at my uh, dad's house the mains is also like a fifth of the 22 kv so yeah that's a big big generator you yeah you have no no issues with that well maybe we can keep the show on the air if we have a problem you know as long as i can keep the internet going and uh the power we will have the show you know I wish I could get I wish I could get some type of backup network in here for the show, but there's really nothing here available that can give me the connectivity I need. Uh, 
I've got Starlink, cable. Uh, yeah. uh, Elon Musk's Starlink thing, maybe. Uh, well, the the low orbiting satellites uh, that are going up, I forget that. Yes, uh, SpaceX. Uh, yeah. Starlink. Starlink. Yeah, yes. Starlink. The, yeah, it's expensive though. It's about a hundred dollars per month. Mm, yeah. Expensive. Yeah, it's about a hundred dollars per month. Uh, I've got uh, here. I've, I've got cable, which is pretty good. Uh, and I'm getting. I think I get 450 megs down, and uh, I think 25 up, or something like that, which is perfect for the show. I don't need that much, but nobody else can provide that. Everybody else is uh, a DSL or or wireless or something, and you know, I mean. We have fiber here uh, on each house in Uruguay on most of the country for a long time now, uh, of course in all the, city, the main cities, but uh, the, the base uh, 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 subscriptions you have are slower. I, like, I have like, uh, I think it's 50 down and 10 up or 20 up or something but, you like know, that, but it's really expensive for, for yeah. a a third world country we are in so it's uh, it's not very expensive the, the but you know 50 50 and 10 is it's just perfect i mean that is fine uh, you don't need uh, no, you, don't you don't need don't anything need. you don't need anything bigger than that if i had that for no. a backup that would be great you know if i could get yeah. something like that you don't you need know? anything else yeah we, we run in in uh, streaming netflix and everything on on two televisions and yeah watch youtube and everything and it works perfectly, so I don't know. Yeah. We don't need any more. Well, it's interesting how everything, uh, like uh, all your TV now, is coming in over the Internet. Uh, I guess there are still TV stations out there, but, man, we're, we're strictly totally Internet here. All of our TV shows, uh, uh, we bring it in through the Internet now. Yes, I, I think that the policy of the of the because here the the telephone company it's a state-owned and it's yeah. a monopolic in the yeah. in the internet distribution or or well more or less monopolic and the policy was I think to to have uh, the the policy so that they have the. They installed uh, fiber optics in all the houses. Was to be able to uh, compete with the cable companies mm -hmm. uh, by means of streaming content. Yeah, like make yeah. a competition to the cable companies. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, what's going on here, Mark? What you got? Anything going on? You're awful quiet over there. Well, I've just been listening in. Uh, I will say this, I've got fiber to the home now. I used to have a 900 megahertz link that went from my house to my workplace. And mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately that died. And so I was without internet for like three or four months. And it was like pulling teeth. I mean, I have television, but it's off, off the air television. It's not, uh, yeah. in fact, it's an actual TV set. Yeah. You know, from, you know CRT type TV. <laughs> Do you have do you have yeah do you have one of those digital boxes on there? You know they changed it. Yeah. Uh, you know you, you added a little converter to it. Yeah, I, I have had that converter now yeah. for about ten years, and uh, I get a great picture on it. And you know if TV gets uh, yeah you know crappy, I just shut it off and go to the internet. 
Well, you know, I've got uh, I've got I've got a bunch of those digital boxes. In fact, they were giving them away years ago, uh, and I, I latched on to about a dozen of them. But uh, you know, uh, just here in the Memphis area, there's there's about fifteen or twenty digital channels off the air out there. I mean, there's Mark. When I uh, converted to a flat screen monitor for my computer. My cat was very upset because she would uh, sleep right on that vents above the big tube monitor where all that heat was coming up. And so she would sleep up there with her tail dangling across my screen. And she thought I was the center of her attention. And I was just sitting there staring at and admiring her. And she had a big warm bed. So when I got rid of the big tube monitor, I had to build a little platform behind the flat screen monitor with a little hot heating pad so that you can sleep up there. There you go. Well, my cat just usually just uh, hangs out here with me if I can get her to turn around. Hello? Hello? Say, don't, don't interrupt me. Don't interrupt Hello. me. Yeah, just like, just like Glenn's cat. He, he doesn't want to... I should say she does not want to look at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I can't reach that part. I gotta do this. It's a little warm up here, and I'm about ready to lose the cat. Oh, yep, I've lost the cat. Sorry about that. <laughs> <sighs> she didn't want any part of that. Well, let me uh, let me ask Charlie. Charlie, uh, at one time you were working on some type of frequency counter or something. You were needing a, a very highly accurate. Uh, time constant uh, you, you've been working on any projects well um, finally what I got is a two things uh, which of course when you have I, I need to calibrate the frequency counter and I have now a frequency standard which is a a, a 10 megahertz a frequency standard but I bought it on eBay. Uh, it's uh, of course second hand. I don't know from where it came from. Uh-huh. It's a very precise one, but I don't know if it's okay. <laughs> so it gives out 10 megahertz and it's very stable, but I don't know if it's calibrated because it has this DC input that you can uh, tweak it mm-hmm. to, to calibrate it. So, well, of course. I have more projects than days of, of, of my life, so uh, it's on the shelf now again, <laughs> the, the frequency counter thing. No, what I needed was a frequency counter because I, I do some uh, repairs and, and uh, restorations of uh, old uh, radios as a hobby, yeah. as a sub-hobby. And uh, I posted some things on my YouTube channel about that but i like doing that and uh, i didn't have a frequency counter and i bought this uh, used frequency counter in in, in e- on ebay but i wanted to calibrate it and as, as usual with metrology you start uh, uh, losing confidence in everything yeah <laughs> that's a problem well someday uh, when you're working on some project uh We'll have you talk about it on the show. You can show it. And uh, well, I, I recently let me see. If yeah. I oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is really cool, right? Yeah. 
what's this the nixie tubes yeah i, I built this kit with my with one of my sons the other day and i, I i've always wanted a nixie tube uh, clock so i built the nixie tube clock, that's good that's cool really cool i i uh, hey about many years ago uh the frequency counters that we got uh, had the nixie tubes in them you know and it was kind of cool the first time i I've, yeah. I've used a a frequency counter in in i remember in in a, in the university when i uh, when you had to choose the instruments to to make the the lab uh, lesson yeah. on the lab the i always choose chose the the nixie tube frequency counter because i loved it the most nobody wanted it because it was older you know then you had the digital ones and everything but i loved that one because it had the the nixie tubes well so i'm really I'm looking for some project to get into here, and uh, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm ready to start on some different projects. Uh, oh, hey, how show. about a yeah. pine board? Uh, a a pine board build there, uh, Tom. A what? Pine board. Time board. Yeah, you you, you go out to Hobby Lobby there and get pieces of wood about oh, like yeah. this, and then you, uh, or if you go to High Sound. Go to the bottom of his uh, webpage. There, uh, there's a, a a frequency. I think it's a frequency counter, and then a power supply, and then a trans. Oh, oh you pine uh, board. You're talking pine yeah, board. Yeah, pine board. Excuse me. Oh, the pine board. Yeah, that, that's a, you know. Yeah, that gets me back into building things like I used to many years ago. But I'm thinking about trying something different. I'm thinking about gearing up here for the 620 meter band. That's 470 kilohertz. 620 meter band. There are people actually almost working all states on 620 meter band now. And uh, uh, that even live in apartments. So, you know, they don't have a lot of space for a lot of big antennas. So it's they're stretching they're stretching the limit out there. And, and the 620 meter band is starting to work for people. What's the limits on that uh, 620 meter band there, Tom? What are the limits? Yeah. Well, you can only run uh, five watts or less ERP, uh, uh, but but they, they, you can run 500 watts of power as long as you're not getting more than five watts out of the antenna. Yeah, because you're going to be pretty lossy at those yeah, frequencies yeah. unless you've got some yeah. serious real estate or they so uh, so uh you know uh there's some converters out there now you can get i'm thinking about maybe you know, getting me a couple of those converters and uh you know just use whatever antenna you can get uh if you look at the the loading coils on some of these uh, 630 uh or 620 meter bands they take like a uh, home depot five gallon bucket yeah and there's like there's like you know eight there's like you know two thousand turns of wire around this bucket man and um, I, I you know um, i you know i can i can i can get a I got some tall trees and stuff. I can get some wire in the air. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I know the loafers have that similar situation, and they're down at 160 to 190 kilohertz. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other band, the uh, 2200 meter band. I don't think I want to try that one yet. That's that's getting way down there. Yeah, it's uh, full of noise too. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's getting too low. Uh, I'll probably I'm 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 thinking about trying the 620 meters. So hey, if there's anybody out there uh, in the chat room that has been playing with the 620 meter band, let me know. I'm very interested. In fact, we may have someone on a show again here soon to talk about that. That's been very successful uh, in in that band. The pine board was a good deal. Uh, you know, I don't even. I, I have a few tubes around. Not many tubes. I'd have to. I'd have to. I'd have to buy most of the parts for the pine board. But uh, the pine board was a neat project that uh, Bob did. And uh, believe it or not, they, there's actually a, a, a shopping list, and they give you. Uh, the places where you can go out and and buy uh, components and yeah. what have you, right? Um, yeah, I, I think it's like eighty six dollars for the for the tra- for the transmitter. I think it's eighty six dollars yeah. for the stuff. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I probably <laughs> I probably have much of that in junk boxes here, from tube sockets yeah. to all resistors, capacitors, and variables and. You know, um, I, I probably have a lot of parts. I I, I I don't know, but I want to try something different. I don't know. I, I I've been been beating my head in lately. What can we do different? You know, it's time for a new project. We got Matt in the chat room. KW three DX. He wants to try six hundred and twenty meters. Maybe uh, maybe Matt and I could get together here and uh, make a contact with each other on a show one night. I I know someone. Uh, I know that people here in Yoruba have been uh, working on 660 uh, meter band, and they had success. But mm-hmm. that's all I know. But, but I but I but I can uh, get in touch with them or something. I I don't know. I. It's easy to do that because we are we're very little people here, so very few people. So yeah, it's easy to get in touch with them. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know the the, the behavior of, of the band if if it's for short distances or or. or, or well, uh, of course, I yeah, I think typically it would be short, but but again, people are working all nearly all states, so. Um, yeah, maybe at night yeah, you do yeah. like the Xing. Right or something. Yeah. Uh, like uh, on broadcast, AM broadcast. At, right. Right. At night. Yeah. It'd yeah, be just it's, like it's, it's a, just. It's a good wintertime band, is what it is. Yeah. It'd be down to the bottom end of the uh, AM band, so. Yeah, because your be. noise is low, and uh, it's just you know you're you're in the house, and just the noise level's low, and it's the good the best time to probably make any contact is in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it won't be a, a, a round the globe uh, band. I, I think no, it would no. be like, yeah, oh, sure. Well, they are made, and, and, and probably it's good for your digital modes. You're gonna you're gonna get more distance with the digital modes and things like that. I the, think these guys worked on digital modes, right? You know, the the band width of the 620 meter band. Either the voice part or the whole band. It's only seven 
KCs. It's seven kilohertz. Is the one channel? It's the entire. It's the entire band for 620. So that doesn't suit voice. You know, you get a voice on there about three KCs wide, and uh, you've taken up half the band. Uh, So, you know, I I think it'd be fun. You know, I mean, you know, this is a good. this will be a good application for something like FTA. You know, everybody's been talking about FTA, how bad it is, and, you know, it's not real radio and all that. Well, it is radio, but uh, if you really want to stretch the limits of something like the 620-meter band, uh, that would be a good application, I think, for uh, FTA. Yeah, I understand that these guys are were doing a FTA digital modes on, yeah. on 600. Yeah. And I... I would start doing FTA before trying to do uh, oh yeah yeah phone and then if it works I'll try another thing but yeah yeah all right well oh. hey we're getting close to the end of the show here uh, our, we've got five minutes left in our shortwave segment if you're out there listening on shortwave on 7490 you're listening on WBCQ. That's a, a famous shortwave station up in Monticello, Maine, and uh, it's got a great history to it. You ought to go over to their website, go to wbcq.com and check them out. Uh, the, uh, the owner of the station, uh, uh, Alan Weiner, and uh, we've had him on our show before and lots of video f- with Alan, and uh, Alan used to be a radio pirate. And he had pirate radio stations on, and uh, he actually bought a 300-foot ship, and um, they had it towed out into the ocean, and they had their uh, radio station on out in the ocean, and they claimed they were uh, more, they were out in international waters, uh, but... Uh, the FCC and the FBI and everybody went out there and they shut them down and arrested them, arrested them and put them in handcuffs. And I have the video here. We showed it on our show where they're in handcuffs and, you know, they, they take them back to New York. And uh, But, you know, the, the U.S. government dropped all the charges. They never, they never were charged with that. And the ship, uh, an interesting thing, the ship that they used for that uh, pirate radio station, it was in a movie uh, uh, later, I think in the 70s. Uh, it was in a movie, uh, um, oh man, I forget the name, of, uh, Blown Away or something was the name of it. That, yeah, that, yeah uh, that, sh- that ship was actually blown up uh, in the movie. They bought it from Allen and it blew the ship up. Uh, in the movie, uh, so it was kind of neat. But Alan's been on here, and hey, and since then, Alan has gone straight. He's, he's he's licensed. He's got radio stations, AM stations, FM stations, and he probably has one of the world's largest, most powerful shortwave stations on now on on ninety three thirty. If you'll go to their site, you'll see the antenna. He it, it is a rotating antenna that has been installed by I think a firm from the Netherlands. This is the largest antenna you, that anyone has, and it has something like 30 dB gain. And guess what? They're running 500,000 watts. And he came on the show one night here, and we were on the air, and we had listeners on our show. We had listeners in Australia listening to our show. And here's the funny thing. We were on low power. We were only running 100,000 watts on low power. 
but uh, half a million watts with 30 dB antenna and it's steerable so wow what a what a station they've got up here all right guys this is uh, we're coming toward the end of this thanks for watching out here tonight on uh, YouTube and thanks for tuning in on shortwave we appreciate it uh, this show is called Amateur Radio Roundtable. It's a show about ham radio, amateur radio, and uh, we talk about a lot of different subjects. Tonight we kind of got off on some different subjects, and uh, uh, we don't always do that, but uh, tonight we had a, a pretty lax night. 73 to everybody. For you guys listening on the radio out there, that means best regards to you, and uh, we'll see you next week. 73. 73 everybody all right so i think that will end the show let me go ahead and stop the show 73 everybody and 73 everybody in the chat room